What's up, guys? This is Cade, and I'm here with Jack, and we're back for our second episode of This Is Cinema, where we will be discussing the Dark Knight trilogy. So we're going to start off talking about Batman Begins. So let's go. All right. So for Batman Begins, I wanted to start off by saying the movie as a whole, compared to the other ones, it might not be the best, but... I appreciate it for what it is. I think that Batman Begins had the best cinematography of any of them. And I like how they started the whole Batman arc with the League of Shadows. Uh, what, was, what was your take on the League of Shadows and Ra's al Ghul, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I'm a big Ra's al Ghul fan, I'm not going to lie. But one thing that kind of struck me was, why is this big organization that's like world wide so focused on gotham and i think that's a theme that's kind of consistent throughout the whole all three of the movies which kind of weirded me out but i guess it was kind of necessary for the plot but i like the league of shadows yeah um i guess what you could say is that gotham is kind of like new york city in this but at the same time i mean it is kind of like yeah i i I see what you're saying there with like why is it all about gotham but League of Shadows was cool. I don't know how much I liked the beginning of the movie. I know it was like setting up for the whole trilogy, but it was just so slow. And I feel like the whole movie was actually kind of slow. Yeah, the first one's pretty slow, but I feel like it hits a lot of necessary points in order to set up the whole world and the whole trilogy in general. So it was necessary to a point. Yep. I liked uh, Liam Neeson a lot in this movie as Raz al Ghul. I think he knocked it out of the park. I also like Killian Murphy's Scarecrow. Um, not a super, like, compared to the other villains, I think this trilogy produced some of the best villains ever. I don't think he really compared to them. But I like the role he played. I liked what he did. Um, I love Killian Murphy as an actor, so shout out him. Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing him in Oppenheimer for sure. Love him as an actor, but yes. yeah, I like Scarecrow as well. Good villain, but Can't, like you were saying, wait. not on a Bane or Joker level for sure, but still good villain. Yep. And uh, Oppenheimer coming out this summer, also directed by Christian Bale, has uh, Killian Murphy. Not Christian Bale. Or, Christopher Nolan. But Christopher I get, Nolan. yeah, easy mistake to make. Um, Starring Killian Murphy, it also has Gary Oldman, who plays Jim Gordon in um, the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Let's talk about the theme that this sets. So the big lesson from the League of Shadows, even though obviously Bruce didn't agree with like what they did, was they taught him the hand-to-hand combat, and they also taught him his ideology of fear. And I think that fear is what this whole trilogy is based on. And even though, like, the League of Shadows was evil and corrupt, they taught him how to fear, what to fear, how to handle fear. And I think that the League of Shadows part could be a little bit bland, but I like I like how it's set up. I don't know how I felt about the third act of the movie. How did you feel about the third act? Uh, It was... It was all right. I feel like the movie as a whole was a bit slow. But like we said earlier, it sets up necessary elements for the later later movies. So 
And it was it, it was kind of a forgettable movie compared to the other two. Yeah, I I would agree. You have um, Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes instead of Maggie Gyllenhaal, who played her in the second one. And I think that was a really good change. I did not like Rachel in the first movie. I think she was forgettable. Um, also, what happened to Scarecrow at the end? I, I, I know I'm just missing it, but I completely forgot what happened to his character. I think in the like final battle... Where they release, they use like the diffuser to release all the toxins. I think he somehow gets hit by the toxins and then he's just like knocked out for the rest of the conclusion. But I do know he shows back up in Dark Knight Rises as like the judge. I don't know if you remember that. It was like a smaller detail, it's not a big point, but he is in that. He's in Dark Knight Rises. And he's back in Dark Knight. The yeah. Opening, the opening sequence, Batman arrests him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think he works a lot better as a side villain than a main villain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. And another thing about fear that I was going on about at the beginning of the movie, obviously you have the Wayne death scene where both of his parents die. Uh, Thomas Wayne hits a line when he's dying. Last thing he says to Bruce is, don't be afraid. And again, a recurring theme throughout the whole trilogy. Yeah, and that also goes with the whole scene where Bruce falls into the well and then he's surrounded by all the bats and that's just like some childhood trauma for him that ultimately becomes the symbolism of Batman. So yeah, Thomas Wayne, fear, all plays a big key in the theming of this film and ultimately all three of them so all right you have anything else on batman begins no all right let's let's go to the dark knight yeah it was it was it's everything you want out of a superhero movie it's widely regarded as the greatest ever and i see why yeah it's peak for sure near near perfect comic book film Yes. The acting is amazing from everyone. Um, the plot is perfect. I love the politics in it. It's just, I, I don't know. Start us off with something, because I could, I don't even know where to start with this movie. I mean, I feel like you got to start with Heath Ledger. I mean, his performance yes. as the Joker, he's just the perfect Joker. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace. Yeah, of course. Just incredible performance. Yeah. And you saw um, Joker recently, didn't you? Yeah. So I thought that uh, Joaquin Phoenix did an awesome job as the Joker. Yeah, I agree. And then you watch this movie and it's just not even close. Well, I think the thing there is it's two totally different types of Jokers. Yeah, you're right. Like one – Heath Ledger's Joker is like just a parallel to Batman – I mean, that's what the Joker is. But then uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I think that's how you pronounce it. I might be wrong. But he he's a standalone Joker. And I think his performance was excellent as well in its own ways. But yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker is the perfect parallel to Batman. Yeah. And he is he is the Joker now. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is so perfect. And I, I wanted to talk about this later, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to say this now. When you were talking about um, Scarecrow in the third movie is the judge of the courts. Obviously, 
Heath Ledger died before that movie even started filming, but um, the original plan was for Heath Ledger to be up there in charge of the courts. I don't, I don't know if I like that, to be honest. I don't I feel either. like it kind of it minimizes his role and his impact. It does, but could like, you imagine the tone shift of that movie as soon as you see him sitting up there? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that works. I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't, we'll I don't think know. it. I don't think it would have worked. But yeah. it's just crazy to think about that. Like that is that is a crazy thought. I didn't know that. Um, I'll talk about Gary Oldman a little bit. I'll come back to Heath Ledger later. As Jim Gordon, I think this was his best movie. I loved Jim Gordon in these movies. I think that yeah. he was. He was like what Harvey Dent was made out to be. Like, everything Harvey Dent was supposed to be is what Jim Gordon was. And I think that he was, like, the unsung hero of, especially the last two movies of this Yeah, trilogy. and his his dynamic with Batman is just, like, perfect. And especially, we'll talk, I think we may talk about this at the end of, like, when we're talking about Dark Knight Rises. But the whole monologue where um, Batman basically reveals to him that he was Bruce Wayne because... He talks about how Gordon gave him a coat once his parents had just been shot. That relationship between those two is perfect. And yeah. I, the actors did a phenomenal job. So, And I'm also sure his, monologue, his monologue at the end of this movie when um, Batman is driving away into the night and he's explaining yeah. to his kid how he's a silent guardian. I thought that was a near perfect mm-hmm. Yeah, your perfect model. He's not the he's not the hero Gotham needs, but the ones it deserves. Yeah, that's a yeah. phenomenal quote. Um, one thing I didn't understand from this movie is, so the Joker is obviously psychopath. He calls himself an agent of chaos, and his whole thing is he just wants to see the world burn. Yeah. Um, the opening scene of the movie, I thought was a really, really good scene with the uh, bank robbery mm-hmm. and how he eventually kills all the guys. Yeah. Looking back, I started reflecting on it. I don't understand why they were robbing a bank because obviously the Joker doesn't want money. He doesn't need money. It was – I don't know the exact details, but I think it was to get the mob's attention because it was a mob bank. And then eventually they have to hire him out to kill Batman. So I think it's something to do with that relationship. I don't know the exact yeah, details there. That's but... an insane menace thing to do. Rob a yeah. whole bank just to piss off the mob. Yeah. And then right after that, I think, was the second scene, was him walking into the um, room with all the mobsters mm-hmm. where he makes the pencil disappear. Yeah. That's oh, that's a great scene, too. And then he every, opens up his coat with in. all the grenades. Yes. So every good. scene he's in, he steals. Every single yeah. one. Yeah. That's why I don't think it could have worked in Dark Knight Rises for him to be there because as soon as you see him on the screen, like you care about him more than you care about. Them. Yeah, he he has to be the top dog. Yes, for sure. Um. Also, another thing about Joker. What did you think about his? Um, you know how I got these scars speeches. Obviously, he came up with like a different answer each time. Like. For me, I think that that's like, I think that that was a way of showing like how truly like mentally unstable he was because either he's just a liar or like he just deals with like 
in his mind, he thinks that all these things are going on and he's like taking it out on everyone. And in reality, you have no idea where he came from, no idea who he is. He's such a mystery. I love the, you know, how I got these scar scenes because it just adds such another element of mystery to his character. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think another thing about those scenes is like each story he tells reflects the character he's talking to in those moments. And it's just like, I don't know. It's perfect. Well, who was he talking to in the first one when he talks about his dad? Uh, I think he was talking to a mob member. Yes, and then, yes, yes, yes. And then he gives right. the one to Rachel, which I think that one's about his wife, maybe? Yes, that his, one's about his wife. Yeah. So, are those the only two, or is there another one? I think okay. those are the only two. And then he asks uh, Batman once. But yeah, I yeah, Batman yeah. lets him yeah. finish. Um, but, yeah. Speak of Batman. The Joker and the Batman, you mentioned it earlier, how they're parallels. They are so perfect. They work together so perfectly. It's like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even Christopher Nolan in this. It's whoever wrote those two characters just did a phenomenal job. Because at the end of the movie, obviously, when um, neither of the ships blow up, like they prove that the city still is good. And Joker's like falling to his death and Batman saves him and rails him up it starts off with like the Joker hanging upside down and Batman standing straight up and it slowly like twists the camera. So you see it from the Joker's point of view. And it's such a like good representation of how they're pure opposites. And Joker even talks about that when he says like, um, I think this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. There's so many great lines. Yeah. The other one that's like shows their parallel is where, uh, Batman's investigating him, like interrogating him, and then the Joker's like talking about how he couldn't kill Batman because he needs them, needs him, yeah, because they're like opposites. It's and just... he also he saves the Batman, um, from his identity being revealed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, the guy threatens to obviously reveal his name, and he says. If this happens, I'm blowing up a hospital. I thought that was so funny that like he'll go so out of his way to make sure that this rivalry continues. Yeah. Um, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. I think he knocked it out of the park. This is yeah. one of the only, may, maybe the only Morgan Freeman movie I've ever watched where when I was watching it, I wasn't like, oh, I'm watching Morgan Freeman. I was like, I'm watching Lucius Fox right now. Yeah. Lucius Fox is like a perfect tertiary, tertiary character. I don't know. Yes. I just loved him and uh, Bruce Wayne's like connection. Like the unspoken that they both knew who each other were, but like they weren't going to say it. Yes. It's just every scene was enjoyable. And he was the perfect guy to have in charge of uh, Wayne Industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speak of tertiary characters, I don't know if you consider him tertiary, secondary, um, Alfred. I think that this is the best Alfred ever. Um, I forget the name of the actor who plays him in the new The Batman movie, but I didn't necessarily like him in the new The Batman movie, but, uh, Michael Caine playing him throughout this trilogy, I think is the perfect Alfred. 
I think he it just embodies so much what Alfred is supposed to be, and I don't think anyone kind of like kind of like Heath Ledger is the Joker. Like, regardless of if you have a good performance or not, Michael Caine is always going to be Alfred. Yeah, and like you were saying, I the bat in the Batman, Alfred doesn't stand out like at all. Like he's not memorable at all. But in the Dark Knight trilogy, he's like I don't know. He's like second to Batman. He's like the secondary hero. Even yeah. though he doesn't really do that much action wise. You just love him. He he just but, feels yeah. like your grandpa, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like a father to Bruce Wayne, so Yeah. Yeah. Just a great character. Uh let's talk about the Harvey Dent arc in this movie for a bit. I think this was maybe the best <sighs> I think this was the best character arc of the whole trilogy when I think about it because he is the first half of the movie him and Batman are like completely like almost like romantic for each other too. Yeah, like, I, I know what you're saying. They back up each other, they fight for each other. Batman wants to hand it over to Harvey. Harvey is amazing at what he does. He stops organ the entire organized crime of the city. He takes the fall for Batman, like claiming he is Batman. Yes, yes, forgot that's about that. That's a great that. part. And then uh, he does that to draw the Joker out. Mm-hmm. And obviously they come for him and they get him and they lock him up along with Rachel. Which, what do you think of the um, Rachel and Harvey Dent relationship? I can't say I was that big of a fan of it. But, but you know, it is what it is. It, it drove the plot, so... It worked, but I I personally wasn't that huge of a fan of it. And you want her to be with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to be a fan of it, but it is what it is, I guess. It definitely made sense. Um I I, I love the Joker switch. You know, like where Bruce thinks or Batman thinks he's going to save Rachel, but then he's the one who ends up saving Har or Harvey. Because yeah, the Joker made, switched the locations. Sad. That made me Yeah, sad. but it's such smart. a Joker thing to do. That's why I love it. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? That, that was good. I, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, that it's was... kind of subtle. But that's like the whole thing. Because like, Harvey wants Batman to be saving Rachel. But then once he shows up there, he knows that she's going to die. So it's like a big dramatic moment. And obviously, his fall to Two Face is very well done. I think mm-hmm. it was it was it felt really it felt very real how like his emotion and his pain, like having to hear the girl that you're about to marry die, mm-hmm. and I I think that when he um, went to go get Jim Gordon's family and was about to kill the kid, I thought that was a great scene when Batman yeah. came and I love it. Killed him. I love the plot device of the coin because, like, before when Harvey Dent was like pure and he like interrogated the guy and he flipped the coin, he was like, Heads, you survive, tails, you die. But then both sides were heads. And then after the fire, one of the head sides gets damaged. So it's like there is a true tail side. And then every death after that is based on heads or tails. I think that device was just perfect. That was a good, that was, a good, I like that. But yeah. I think when I was watching the movie, 
I'd seen it before, like last year, the year before. I've watched it maybe a few times. And I counted this time how many heads versus tails it was. And I think there was one tails the whole movie. And I think there were like like five or six heads. So, you know. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. After his fall, after his fall, there is a lot more people who survive than him actually killing. Yeah. I think I think he killed the driver. Yeah, I think scene. that's the one person he killed. But he was, was gonna kill someone and he was gonna kill the kid. Oh but, yes he was. But yeah, I, I do what you're saying. I do think his arc was like his fall was a little quick, but for the sake of the movie I see why it had to happen that way, but yeah, his yeah. his arc is pretty perfect. Um, I don't want to move on from this movie because I just want to talk about Heath Ledger for the next hour. Yeah, but I'll just I'll just wrap it up with saying that I think that Heath Ledger played his role in this movie just as good, if not better, than any actor has ever played their role in any movie. Um, super tragic the story there, obviously, but huge shout out to Heath. I don't. I could go on and on all night about it, but for time's sake, I I think we're going to move on from The Dark Knight to The Dark Knight Rises now. Um, The Dark Knight Rises, I think this is Christian Bale's best film in the trilogy. I think he... This is where he solidifies himself as Bruce Wayne, like yeah. the, the Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, I would I would agree. The whole and he he even isn't in the movie that much till the third act. It's mostly just a Bane solo story until he gets out of that pit, obviously. But I think that he has so much emotion in this movie, and you see how far he's fallen from the last movie. It's been an eight year time jump, I think. Yep, eight years. And we haven't talked about Christian Bale that much this podcast, but. He's done. He's he really did great this entire trilogy, but I think this was his best movie. Yeah, his his redemption. Well, I wouldn't really say redemption because he didn't. I wouldn't say he fell necessarily, but just the way he comes back from being basically a retired old man, and then he just works his way back to become Batman, and then eventually save the city is just. It's a great arc as well. The whole pit narrative is incredible. Yeah, the pit the pit is nice. And I like what they did with um Bane in the pit. By the and way, Talia. Yeah, by the way, Tom Hardy as Bane was another insane casting. So yeah. good. Per- perfectly played. Almost all the castings in this trilogy are perfect. And it's because Which, every single good actor in the world wants to work for Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and when we review Oppenheimer, we'll probably say the same exact thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. We we we'll, will we'll be say reviewing that, Oppenheimer but, as soon yeah, as it comes out. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to do a double feature episode with Barbie and Oppenheimer, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, the pit. I really liked how you think that Bane is Razal's little son the whole, mm-hmm. the whole movie, and then at the end, it obviously gets switched, and it's a huge, um, it's a huge plot twist. And you think that Bane escaped, but in real reality, Bane is like the hero in the pit, and it just shows like two sides to the story. 
Yeah, I love that narrative. The only thing problem I had with it was like in all the flashbacks, Talia's like this tiny little kid, and then Bane's like the same exact age he is, like twenty years in the future. No, no, he was not. Yes, he kind of is. That kind that kind of took me out of it just a little bit, but <laughs> he's just bald. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, there's not much you could really do about it, but like, it just. It took me out of it a little bit. I, but, I understand yeah. it. Yeah. I wish we got to see him without the mask. That would have been a cool way for him yeah. to die. Yeah. Um one more thing that I'm gonna talk about and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna drop it in this movie with the Joker. What do you think happened to him when all the inmates were released? <laughs> obviously obviously they couldn't put him in the movie because Heath Ledger is dead, but the Joker's not dead. So, what do you think? Where do you think he was? I don't know. It's the Joker. There's he's got. He's just. He's probably just chilling, you know, causing chaos or something. But there's no that, way that could be it. That could be it. I was reading about it today because I I thought about it and I looked it up and apparently in the comics what happened was when Bane did the still the whole city, he let out every inmate except for Joker, and. <laughs> Obviously, they don't talk about it in the movie at all, but that's what I want to believe happened because the, it, it's just so perfect that even Bane is scared of Joker and how he yeah. would just hijack the entire operation. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Um, speak of which, the hostage situation. Um, I think that it was actually really well done. When you think about it from a logic standpoint, what are you going to do if you're the U.S. government or anyone to get those people out of that situation? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I love that whole scene, really. Yeah. It's, it's, re- it's really good because, like, it's very realistic. Like, maybe not locking up a whole city, but once you have the city locked up, the way they did it, like, there's no way out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's that scene of John Blake um, at the end of the movie crossing the bridge with all the kids, or Robin, I should say. And um, they like, they blow up the bridge mm-hmm. like the US military does. Like that shows how much of a headlock Bane had these guys in. And it, it just, yeah. it, feel, it feels real. That's one thing about this trilogy is Nolan makes it feel real. Yeah. There's, Usually, like, with Batman in the comics and stuff, there's usually a lot of, like, mystical elements or supernatural elements, but you don't get that at all in this trilogy, which I, I kind of like to a point. I, I, there, love it. I love it a lot. Yeah, there are a couple drawbacks, but I think it works for what Christopher Nolan was trying to do. How did you like Robin in this movie? I... I don't like John Blake's Robin at all. I mean, he doesn't really ever become Robin, but I liked his role before they called him Robin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think he was a forgettable character. Yeah, for sure. And, like, Robin is, like, supposed to be, like, Bruce Wayne raises Robin. Like, Batman raises Robin. Well, like, I mean, he kind of took him under his wing this movie, but that was Yeah, but it's not the got, same. He kind of got blackmailed by him. Yeah, it's it's not the same. 
it, it's not the same. But that that was a funny scene because John Blake comes up to Bruce Wayne and he's like, I know you're the Batman because I see that look on your face and I know pain. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of and and then Bruce Wayne like one scene later he runs into him he's like, yeah I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so that was I don't know I mean I don't even I, feel like John Blake's character was like needed at all. No, I don't think it was either. And this was definitely the end to the trilogy. There was no yeah, thought of sure. anything else. So I don't know why they did it, but yeah, I guess it was just like a little throw-in scene for to please the fans i guess but, but it wasn't it wasn't even a throw-in scene though because well i'm saying I mean, like the final scene where he finds yeah. the bad cave and stuff yeah and it took away from screen time for uh catwoman which yeah i think could have been developed a little bit better but i, like I agree the i agree yeah I, I guess I guess Catwoman was fine in this movie. It's just after watching the Batman. Yeah, I was about to say the same. Yeah, Catwoman in the Batman is perfect. Like her whole character. Yeah, and some other things. She's but... yeah okay, but yeah, there's just so much more depth there that we don't really get to see with Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. But I feel like. You have to get a Catwoman in three films of Batman. You have to find some way to fit Catwoman in. So yes. I kind of see why. It wasn't. Okay. She wasn't bad, but no, she wasn't. Yeah. Let's let's talk about um, the end of the movie. What was your interpretation on it? What do you mean? Um, the very end when Alfred saw. Um... Oh right. Yeah, I mean, I think. It's pretty clear that Bruce Wayne survived. He just did gave up being Batman. So, and I, they had talked about him and Batman had talked, or Alfred and Bruce had talked earlier in the film about how Alfred's dream was just one day to go on vacation and see Bruce Wayne sitting there with a wife and a couple of kids. So I think it summed up the whole trilogy pretty well, but. That was just my interpretation. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that question. Um, obviously, you want to believe that it's real, but at the same time, I'm just... I actually agree with you, but we're just going to say this. Alfred, that was his dream, his absolute dream. The odds of him going into a diner that far away and seeing Bruce Wayne, even though Bruce Wayne knows it's his dream, are extremely low. Yeah. Um, and logically, the like Batman being able to survive, bomb. yeah, an atomic bomb blast that he just got out in the ocean in time for it to save the city. Yeah. But, so one line thrown in there was um, the scientist telling Lucius Fox that months prior. Obviously, the whole problem was autopilot didn't work. Right, so right, Bruce right, had right. to bring it on himself. But after it went off, they said that Bruce had fixed the autopilot months earlier. So you're led to believe that maybe he jumped out of the bat pod. Yeah, into I the think. Ocean, I think or... that's what you're supposed to believe. He he got out of the bat pod or the bat, which is the bat, somehow. Oh, the bat. And... You're right. 
it autopiloted the bomb. I forgot about that line from the scientists. But then so I like, guess how did he get out of the ocean? Was he not killed by the radiation? How, like yeah, there's a lot of lot of stuff. But also, if you watch that scene again, it shows Batman. Yeah, driving in the in the bat yeah. in there, and then it shows the bomb at like three seconds. Yeah, and obviously, if that's the truth, then he's dead. But we don't know if that's actually a trustworthy narrative. And that's one thing that this um, this trilogy had very trustworthy narrators the whole time. There was no real mm-hmm. like dream sequences or anything until yeah. Bruce saw Ra's al Ghul. So in this, in the same movie, you had the first non-trustworthy sequence, which means that maybe Alfred's sequence at the end was a dream. And Nolan, yeah, but it's two different narrators. It's true, but it's also it's also Christopher Nolan, and he is famous for doing this. He did it at the end of Inception, which I don't know if you've watched Inception. I haven't. It's on my list. I need to okay. watch it. Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but he leaves the end open for debate. He leaves this one open for debate. Um, I'll throw in that Christian Bale believes that Bruce survived, um, and it wasn't a dream sequence, but it was more of like him just wishing that that happened, I think, along with the viewer. Uh, Christopher Nolan says it's just up for debate. So I I like how they did it, where you can just believe what you want to believe. So what happens to... It's been like two weeks since I've watched all these movies again. What happens to Bane and Talia at the end of the movie? (laughs) So... um... Bane just gets blasted by Catwoman. He's about to kill Batman. Oh, right. And then right, he just right. gets shot, and he's out of the trilogy. Yeah. And, um... Oh, my gosh. She's in a truck with the bomb in it, and I think they just take the bomb out of the truck, and then she's out of the movie. Yeah. So, I assume if Bane's not dead, he's in jail, and I'd assume that she's in jail. Yeah. But, um, another cool thing about Miranda is Christopher Nolan was so set on keeping it a secret that Bruce Wayne was dead in that final shot or one of the final shots where you see Bruce Wayne's grave it actually said Miranda Tate on it when they filmed it but they digitally edited it to make it say Bruce Wayne because they didn't want the actors leaking it that's that's pretty sick they even had Christian Bale standing just out of frame. Like, if the camera panned a little bit more to the right, you would have seen Christian Bale, like, standing over his own grave. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I think Nolan is a top-two director ever. Even though he doesn't have a bunch of movies, I think that the ones he makes are all classics, all on my all-time list. So, yeah, big shout-out right. to Nolan for this whole So, movie. to wrap this up, I think we should rank the villains and then rank the movies. All right. Um... I'll go first. The villains, I think. Are we just going the main villains of each movie? Yeah. You could throw in Scarecrow and Roz, I guess. Okay. I think I think it's pretty obvious. It goes Joker, Bane, and then the bottom two are up for debate. Um, I'll throw in Roz. Yeah. That's, that's my order as well. Yeah. And then my order for the movies, I think this is 
pretty consensus as well, but I'm gonna go Dark Knight, then Dark Knight Rises, then Batman Begins. Yep, I'd agree with that as well. And then just for fun, we should rank the suits. Because I absolutely hate the Batman Begins suits. Okay. Um, I, but me, Ri- Rises is my favorite. Rises is my favorite suit. Then Dark Knight, then Begins. Um, let me look up the Dark Knight suit as a reference. I remember the Dark Knight Rises, not the Dark Knight suit. Yeah, Rises and Dark Knight are pretty similar. But I just hate the cowl on Batman Begins. It just yes, I, I agree bad. with you. I didn't. I didn't like the Batman Begins suit. Yeah. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the Dark Knight on this one. That's a I fair take. I think it's more sleek. I think it, and maybe that's just like watching that movie is just so good that I want to put everything about it first. But yeah. I, I do like that. I like how it con it when you look at pictures of him next to the Joker, it contrasts the Joker perfectly. Yeah. And I think I, that I makes agree. the suit look even better. Pattinson's is definitely up there too. I love that suit. Oh, so oh, we're not gonna we're I not gonna talk about that. I would love to talk about Pattinson's. Yeah, we'll Batman. we'll talk about the Batman another day because that's yeah. just an incredible film. But so, so yeah. Great, I bunch don't, of great actors, great director, awesome trilogy. Do we one have of the greatest trilogies ever? Do we have a movie set for next week's episode, or is that? Uh, I don't think we do right now, but we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, we'll figure. Yeah. All right. Well. Until next time. See you guys. See ya.